Welcome, everybody, to the third episode of Kev's Perspective. I am your host, Kev Lowe, and I'm giving you a little primary introduction before you actually get into the meat potatoes of the episode because I had some tech difficulties, not going to lie to you. And uh, like I said, I'm still new to this, but I had a very special guest, and I wanted to give him a proper introduction. He is a professional Call of Duty player that plays on my home team, the Minnesota Rocker. He is a 2018 world champion of the sport, and he's been in it since 2009 and continues to shred for my home team, the Minnesota Rocker. His name is Justin Silly Fargo. Please enjoy the episode. Cheer. My guy, hold on. There we go. Record that video just for you. Perfect, perfect. Well, again, thank you for being here, man. I appreciate it. And again, this can be a very special episode. I'm going to be digging a lot. I dug into your life a little bit. It wasn't too hard to find your whole like record and all your teams you've played for. So it's pretty much out there. So I'm going to get right into it. Um, again, how did you really get your start in this league? If you've really been in it since 2009, how did you like first get your start? What was the game? You know, what was it like? So uh, in, in Call of Duty 4, I was like 13 or 14. I'm pretty sure I was like the youngest pro at the time. Um, I put together a random team of people. We ended up placing pro in one of the pro circuits. And I ended up going to nationals in that game. Um, and ever since then, I've kind of just been on and off playing a COD, not playing a COD. Um, I placed pro again in Advanced Warfare, and I've kind of just been... Uh, going up from there and you know now i'm on the minnesota rocker yeah 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 so where are you originally from my guy because again before we even get into like the current i want to know like where are you from like how did, how did even like so for you like for me modern warfare 2 is my big game that i first played like that was like where i got sponsored but for like quick scoping and crap like that way back in the day so like what was your first game and where are you from uh so i'm originally from las vegas nevada i'm okay. born and raised um you know, it, it it's it's quite a big difference living here and living in Minnesota. It's yeah. like the two extremes. I feel like, <laughs> um, and pretty much I I've played every every Call of Duty ever. Like I I started playing like the original original one, like not competitively at all. You know, I'm playing campaigns on yeah, Call of yeah, Duty yeah. Big Red One stuff. But uh, yeah, I've been around since the start. That is crazy, my guy. And again, yeah, the whole different of Nevada and Minnesota. How do you feel coming here? Like, because again, have you experienced a winter with us yet? Oh yeah, I was uh, I was actually in Minnesota through the through pretty much the entire winter. Um, it Eight actually wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad this time while I was there. I had like one negative twenty day yeah. when I was there, but other than that, it was you know it was not not the worst. That's pretty average, my guy. Two years ago, we were as cold as Antarctica for like a month. I'm not even <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's pretty average that. for us. Okay, well again, thank you again for being here. And the biggest thing. Um, one of my biggest questions for you is because again we was kind of a bit about your past is currently you're playing for the rocker and again if people who pay attention to cdl or call of duty league for those who don't know um rocker was doing phenomenal for a long long time actually before i even was following them they were on the up and up and constantly winning shredding looking to be a you know very promising team and then what happened was since quarantine happened everything got moved at home and actually being in Minnesota, how that affected our internet and bandwidth, which is what the game is on. And again, for those who don't know, a lot of this stuff is LAN. So when there's like an arena open, they'll play LAN and where it's like, you know, seamless. Now that we're at home, we have to worry about frames. We have to worry about, you know, bandwidth. We have to worry about all these things. And I pay for like 600 down myself in Minnesota and I get 30. So I can't imagine what it's like for a pro player right now. And again, I kind of want you to speak on that. You spoke on it before. Like, how is it different, your team atmosphere, going from land in an arena where Gary V's there and all that good stuff to them being at home and like you're just cooped up in a room. You guys aren't even together a lot of the time. 
Um, there's, there's a few teams that do prefer this like online switch. Um, it's quite a bit different for us. I actually just watched an interview of the current tournament right now. Frosty said his team's a lot more comfortable playing at home and that's what they needed for their extra push. Um, myself and Goddorex, we, uh, you know, we, we go to the gym every day and not being able to go to the gym for three months and being stuck <laughs> in the house and then being all the way up North with connection issues and server issues it's definitely not ideal for us and we're you know we're pretty much a land team and we've taken a big hit in online but you know can't make any excuses we kind of just need to get back to our form yeah i mean everything requires an adjustment during this time i mean even for my music industry when everything shut down on me um i have no source of income for shows anymore so and then i've had to learn how to communicate with artists you know in different capacities instead of because a lot of people don't even want to meet up and have meetings i have to communicate on the phone and that's a, i lose a lot of like I lose a lot of like that nonverbal communication and like a lot of that I know between team atmospheres can also be very important Um, because again, you guys seem very tight in land and again, that can be different. So that's kind of been like a big topic that I know a lot of people wanted me to address on this before I talked to you was how that's kind of affected you. I know you're like a no excuses guy. I've seen your interviews when you talk to people, but again, like I had to, I had to touch on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah of course. Um, so again, when, let me see here, we're talking about, talking about that land and again, oh yeah. So placements. So I kind of looked at the record too. Um, it's kind of been on a decline. I wanted to ask you like, what is like contributing to that? Cause I know a lot of people will be talking about it. Like, what do you think personally that is contributing minus the last, you know, tournament because you had a last minute substitute, which is difficult in any, any team. You know what I mean? Um, I'll scratch off the last event on our decline because, you know, there's not much we could do about that. Right. You know, mid-event substitution, someone you've never played with before. Um, other than that, though, I mean, you know, without, without completely tracking it up to online, I'll, I'll put it like this. Um, when the tournaments were on land, we had four or five good teams. Now that the tournaments are online, we have 12 teams that can all beat each other. Mm-hmm. So it's made the playing field a lot more even with everybody playing from home, you know, like... You know, there's no pressure playing from your mom's house, yeah. is, is what I always say. It's way different when you're actually in the event atmosphere. So hopefully we can get back to that for the big event. Yeah, 100%. And, and again, um, that last minute substitution, you know, Alex, good luck to you, my guy, with that. I know a lot of people were bummed about that at home. Uh, I just wanted to address that. Good luck to him. That's, that's kind of rough. I can't imagine how he feels, you know what I mean? Considering, like, I don't want him to feel like it's on him or anything like that, you know what I mean, of what happened. But I mean, your subs are not good. I was curious why you guys didn't put Tiny in. I'm gonna be dead ass. Why did you guys put Tiny in? Um, the the only reason we didn't put Tiny, we feel like we feel like Tiny is kind of like our S and D specialist. Um, mm-hmm. and Ad, Adam and Caden are really close, so that's kind of just like what it comes down to, you know. Sure. Every everybody was kind of on the side of subbing in Caden, so yeah, and he was ready to go too, so he was already aware of the situation beforehand. Yeah, that makes total sense. And like, I've realized that when I was first watching you guys, you guys were a very big hardpoint team. I think recently, like you guys have kind of figured out your S&D game uh, pretty well too. Because I was like, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, that wasn't like your strong suit, right, as a team. Yeah, um, our hardpoint was definitely our strong suit. Our S&D actually has improved, you know, um, disregarding our placements overall. I feel like we've improved in all of our game modes where we've, you know, went backwards a little bit in hardpoint. So Mm -hmm. got to find the happy medium. No, 100%. 100%. Um, let me, let's get something more positive here. Because again, I wanted to touch on that because that's, I don't know, it was interesting to me. I watch, I've been watching you guys for a hot minute now. So I, was, I have all these questions in my head. Um, let me see here. The last placement that you guys had close, like you got second place in, was in April. So it wasn't even that long ago. So again, those who are listening to, like, man, I hate going in your chat sometimes and people will be like, you guys suck, blah, blah, blah. Dude, there's a there's a that pisses me off because like in april is when you guys got second in a tournament 
Like, given it's hard to win championships regardless of who you are, especially with the team you guys have. I think what I think you and Assault are the only ones that have really won a championship. And Alex, right? Uh, Alex hasn't even won one yet. Um, the closest to a championship that the three of them have is our two second places this year. But yeah, me, me and uh, I've won. I've won the uh, two events. Assault's won one. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like even that, having that under your belt though is still different of an experience. You know what I mean? And you guys have at least had that gratitude. I think that that's why like the other guys might be more hungry is enough. I see them play like Asim's very fluid. You know, Alex is also super fluid. Got her ex is getting that sniping back. So, I mean, like, I think I see the up and up for y'all. I think you're right though. It's just a matter of like getting used to the whole not being in a land environment. And I, I don't know what you guys do or how your scrims are going, but I mean, I hope they're going well. Um, we, uh, we decided to take just like a mental week off. So we are off this week. Um, you know, or we, we need our scrims to be good. And, and the really sad part about it is, uh, two weeks before the event, we had the best scrims of our life. You know, we, we lost three, like three scrims in two weeks. We lost one to Toronto, two to Chicago. We were mm-hmm. absolutely smoking everybody. And then for about four or five days, you know, Alex, Alex was having some thumb issues and he was trying to play through it, trying to play through it and play through it to the first match. And our scrims were kind of on a little bit of a decline. And then, you know, if the event was a week earlier, like it was originally, like I could I could have seen this one in the event, but yeah. you know, things go, things go, and it's pretty much essential for them to put the stream a week later and the event a week later. So Right. I mean, yeah, from what's been going on. Cause when I when I was talking in your chat when I first joined, like that whole thing was happening right outside my home. Like I live right in like downtown St. Paul and that stuff was like all over the place. So I figured stuff would be delayed. I mean, cause it's a home tournament too. So that's good on everybody there and good on y'all for again, raising money. I saw you raise quite a bit on your stream. Yeah. I, uh, I tried to get a, ahead of the curve. You know, I, I knew my team was going to be doing a charity stream for like the CDL and I wanted to do yeah. my own part. You know, we want to, we, we really want to represent Minnesota properly and show that we're not just, you know, Minnesota name slaps on a team that we're actually part of Minnesota. I think I'll be honest. Cause like I looked y'all up and individually and like, you guys have done a very good job of that being a guy only from Minnesota. Um, a lot of Minnesotans are hot and cold just to let you know when it comes to sports teams in general, I'm sure sure you know but the the vikings have been nothing but crap for us for forever and so when we actually this is serious when we had something to hold on to like the rocker and we still do like you guys are a top four top five team top five now but like you guys are still a top team to be not be reckoned with right and that to us it's a sport no matter it's still football it's still baseball to us so having a team that we can cling on to to actually have some recognition towards and you guys be involved in the community is super big yeah, you know, we're all glad to be here. Um, on top of that, too, Minnesota is one of the you know best organizations in the CDL with the best people behind it. So yep. we all love being here. And that's that's one thing I want to talk about is when you guys, when Gary V bought the team, that to me was also very big. So I've been following that man for longer than I've been following Rocker. I've been following Gary V for six years. How did it feel on your end? And did you even know who he was before he bought the team? Uh, yeah, I definitely knew who Gary V was beforehand. Um, I feel, I feel like pretty much everyone, you know, that's trying to be a businessman or up and coming knows Gary <laughs> V. Like every time I go on Instagram and I click on his, or I click on my friend's page, it's like follows Gary V. I'm like, yeah. you know, pretty much everyone knows him, him and, uh, him and the Wills, you know, picked a pretty pristine untapped gaming location with the Minnesota team. You know, there's not like my knowledge, there's not really much gaming culture before no. now. So it's really cool to like really open it up and be the first gaming team out there, you know, other than yeah. the 2K team. Well, that's what it would never gaming culture in Minnesota hasn't been a thing. Like I think I know like 
it's funny enough i know magic the gathering this is one of the biggest places for that and stuff like that and i know for like for music music's huge with all like the people that come out of here but when it comes to like something like call of duty like i told you i was a closet calls call of duty player when i was 14 15 i was like i remember this is no joke dude i like was quick scoping in this tournament made by optic and they're like doing it to the public way back when before anything was serious and i was like quick scoping and out quick scoping optic hex bro (laughs) <laughs> like way back when so this is like and again like i'm glad to see those same people involved in those teams and again that's why i'm glad when stuff got, i will say recently got pretty professional right like you've been in this longer than i have but like it seems to be like in the past couple of years is when real funding and real like you know you have to buy slots on tournaments and stuff like that became a thing yeah so this year is definitely a lot more official um the past few years they've kind of been leading up to this like building up to it um you know, now we're actual like employees, like actual professionals, you know, like in, you know, 10 years ago when I was winning tournaments, you know, making a hundred bucks or 200 bucks, you never thought you were going to be a full-time cop player with, you know, full benefits and be able to, you know, support your family and stuff. So it's really awesome to actually be a part of. Well, that's one thing that also bothers me though about it. Because if you notice people in your chat are like, silly makes more than me or he'll, he'll make more than me, blah, 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 blah. How does that like affect your personal life, man? When like the actual income is there and the actual like stability is there. You know what I mean? Because again, professional gaming would have never been even a thought to someone five years ago, like and actually make a living off of it. Professional gaming was there, but not like salary. You know what I mean? Like this is, yeah. this is real stuff. So how does it feel, man, and affect your personal life as Justin? You know what I mean? Um, I, I feel like, you know, even, even when I wasn't, um, you know, making a lot of cash when I was younger, I feel like all my friends kind of, you know, they knew I was like the good cop player. Like I was the pro cop player or whatever, you know, my, my favorite pastime was playing people one V one that thought they could beat me and just absolutely smoking them. So it, it hasn't changed too much. Um, I feel like it's kind of the same. It's always been, it's just, uh, you know, just a little bit more opportunities for me personally. Yeah, well, and that's a good way to think about it. And what we do, I mean, tell me this. You know what comes with more money, right? Not just more responsibility, but a bigger ego. And I'm wonder, I'm wondering how that's affected you because again, for me, and dude, it's it's inevitable. Like this is not just something that Gary Vee talks about. It's something that I talk about a lot is when like I've worked for a five billion dollar software company making mad money, my guy. Like, but I quit that. And when I, but when I got that, I got so much ego with me, you know, just subconsciously, I'm wondering like, how have you kind of controlled that balance? You know what I mean? Cause there's a balance, dude, you gotta be genuine, you, you know, not be too egotistical. You're always on the camera. So, I mean, like kind of wonder how you keep that in balance. Um, I, I definitely do feel like, you know, if this was, if I was like 18 and I was making all this cash, I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm the fuck, you know, on the <laughs> shit, like everything else. But I feel like I've been playing for so long. I kind of feel like I've just been like working up to this point. Yep. Um, and I just try to balance it out with, you know, doing good for other people and trying to do good, you know, for other things and, you know, just trying to make a good impact in other places other than my job. Well, 100%. And like, I don't know, I've, I've thought about this a lot before we did this interview because we're the same age, dude. You're like, you're 24, are you not? Yeah, I'm 24. Yeah, we're the same age, bro. So like the the biggest thing with that is like, if I was in your shoes, like, you know, I'm pretty sure you're ready to get married too, right? Yes, sir. Yes. So hold on. You're getting married. You got the real money coming in and you got a lot of pressure on you all at once. If I was in your shoes, I would not be as calm and chill as you are right now. I'm just being honest. Because again, a lot of people would also kill to be in your position, but a lot of people would be overwhelmed with how much you have to do. You know what I mean? Because people don't see what's going on behind the scenes where you have to scrim, maybe you have to do interviews. There's probably private meetings, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, what have you done other than working out to kind of like keep yourself in check? Man, I, I honestly feel like working out is pretty much my only outlet for the most part. Um, I've I've tried to follow my uh, my quarantine 
pretty pretty strictly. Yeah. Um, they they've kind of been threatening to uh, cap our wedding at a certain amount of people if they don't get to yep. like phase three here. And you know that's because they they open up the pools, they open up everything else. So I'm just mm-hmm. I'm trying to mind my own business, stay inside as much as I can, and just hope that you know everyone that's supposed to be there is going to be there. But yeah, it is it, it definitely is a tad overwhelming at times, you know, especially trying to plan a wedding when I'm you know across the country right. and trying to plan with my groomsmen who are also across the country. So it's kind of a pain right. sometimes. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like you have to plan a wedding and then also keep up with CDL because this is a pretty busy time still for CDL. You know what I mean? You guys, you guys just got done with a home tournament and there, I mean, the planning doesn't stop. You can't just press pause one day. You know what I mean? I guess like the quarantine kind of did calm everything down a bit, I, I expect. But even then, I mean, like the amount of pressure that's on your back, I can't believe it. I just thought to say kudos to you, my guy, because that is, that is quite intense. Um, I think my next question for you is this. What is your favorite thing, no matter what it is, what's your favorite thing about playing for the Minnesota Rocker and why? Because you've, you've played with for like evil geniuses, like teams that I've known for a long ass time. So what's your favorite thing about it? Um, honestly, I don't, I don't think any team I've ever been on is even comparable to the Rocker. You know, we're, we're one of like two of the or, or two CDL teams that actually had a completed facility for us. Like as soon as we got to Minnesota, like we had this state of the art facility we could play mm-hmm. in everything ready for us, a theater room, you know, we had all of our setups and stuff. Um, they've pretty much just made it their goal to just treat us like gold from the start. And I, you know, we all really appreciate that. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And like, so you think it's so your favorite thing was kind of just like how everything was already set up. Everything was already seamless for you to come into. Yeah. You know, they're, they're ready to go and, and that makes things a lot easier for us. That's so sick. My guy, that, that's, that's super sweet to hear. And again, I didn't, I'm very novice to this. So hearing stuff like that actually makes me quite happy. Again, they make, I think this podcast will give a lot more comfortability to those who are still kind of closet uh, rocker fans. There's a lot of closet rocker fans, my guy. A lot of my friends are like, cause again, like they're, they're in like the music industry and our brands really matter to us. And like, if even this, like me putting this out is kind of like skeptical for like my boss, he's like, dude, why are you letting people know you're a dork? I'm like, that's how you think about it still. this is like a real fucking thing um do you think there's any kind of stigma being a professional call of duty player like because again when you when you talk to someone like what do you do like oh i'm a professional call of duty player how does that come off to some people um so saying saying things like that over the years i feel like it's definitely got a little bit easier you know as much as i hate to say it the whole you know Fortnite thing kind of brought it into like everyone's light you know they're like oh ninja 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 and like even if you explain it to somebody's grandmother that's the first thing they think of they're like oh yeah like Fortnite. so it's it's a little bit easier they actually understand now for the most part that there's actually a market for gaming and we're not just you know sitting in our basement 12 hours a day Licking Cheeto to us off of our fingers. Yeah, right. No, you just sucked the life out of me when you said Fortnite, my guy. I just can't. <laughs> I'm not I, a huge fan either, but you know. I'm, I've never been a fan. I've tried. I have tried everything, and I hate how Ninja is the first thing that comes to that mind because like, there's so many other people that did that. But like, yeah, he did well marketing himself. I don't know. I, that's a whole personal thing that I get into. You just sucked the life out of me. You said Fortnite. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but I bet, man, I bet there's like, I guess, less of a stigma nowadays. Because again, people are like, when I was, I was on Twitch six, seven years ago. And like when it was Justin TV and stuff like that. And like, that's when my parents were like, what the hell are you doing? You're watching people play video games. And like now, like every, like people watch the like League of Legends World Tournament more than the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So there's definitely a market for it. Oh, there's definitely a huge market for it. That's people have to start realizing. Um, I'm going to ask you kind of a, kind of a personal question. Uh, it may sound negative. Don't take it negative. I'm a big fan of yours. So don't take the shit negative. Um, the last time you won a world championship was in 2018, correct? 
Yes. I did not follow you back then. So I want to know. And like, I think it says that you won the World Gaming Network Champion in 2019 with Y-E-R-R. What the hell is that? <laughs> You're, so that, that's basically like a, like a bigger Canadian tournament. Um, I put together like a pickup team of a bunch of good players yeah. and we just went out there and won it. Um, that was, that's not considered a major, but that was just like a cool, you know, quick little cash tournament that we it's, played at. It, it was is a lot of fun. still a tournament, my guy. I mean, if you're a player, I would still count that as a dub. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, and that was long ago. That was only like a year ago, right? Yeah. Man, that's crazy. That, that's crazy. Uh, again, who was on that team? I'm kind of curious. Um, our world gaming team, it was me, gunless scraps of BZ and Arsides, I think. Yeah, we odd. Yeah, it was. You guys, that wasn't even fair, dude. Like, all right, let's put the gods on a team. Let's figure it out. Yeah, it's definitely a well put together team. We we played. uh, Who we play in finals? I think we played Simp and Cell in finals on their uh, their face black team. That's sick. That's sick. I was kind of curious. Are you guys like all pretty good friends outside of this, or like because you guys compete with each other, and it seems there could be some drama with some players and stuff like that, or how does that all work? Um, some players definitely don't like each other and it's a little, you know, it's a little clicky. I have, I have my people I'm friends with outside of game. Um, everybody has their little clicks of people that they've been playing with forever. So it's kind of how it is. It's kind of like high school or what? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sounds awful. My guy, I had the worst high school experience. Clicks pissed me off because no, because it seems that way though. I mean, like when, when I hear Huntsman adding, you know, two brothers to a team, it's not accidental. You know what I mean? And there are a lot of people that want to be on those teams. So I guess it's another thing I want to ask you is since it's so clicky, you know, being someone who there's a lot of people now who aspire to be players like y'all, you know what I mean? Um, a lot of people that are trying to join that bandwagon kind of late. What is your best advice to those people who want to join the CDL team or even be a bench player? Um, you know, my, my best advice to anybody that's trying to get into it, uh, try and find a good team and play in the, you know, they pretty much have weekly like cups and weekly challengers tournaments, stream those, get your name out there. Um, every good player that's in challengers right now, every pro knows who they are pretty much. I mean, that's definitely a great stepping stone actually getting, you know, in the mix of things. Sure. Sure. And that, I mean, a lot of that comes with like just being good in game battles and tournaments and just being very consistent, right? Yeah. Yeah. And streaming, streaming is the absolute best thing. You know, one person comes across your stream and you're nasty, then I really want to talk about that for a minute here, because if you can be flat out people from the rocker, if you're watching this, get your ass on Twitch. I'm so (laughs) sick of like, God, our ex bro has one doesn't stream ASIM. I've never seen him stream. No one else on this team, but you streams pretty consistently. And it's, I think for your personal brand, why are you not streaming right now? You know, I, I try to get into streams sometimes. Um, you know, T- Tiny's the only one that hops on and really streams with me. Right. Other, other than that, I think everybody else just kind of, you know, lingers around and watches anime and stuff instead dude, of streaming. So, <laughs> Dude, I mean, like, when the only person I see a lot of, like, because I, I know Assault plays you sometimes. Dude, dude's fucking phenomenal. Very good player. Alex got his personal stuff going on. Asim and GodRx have brands, though. Like, they have very, very good personalities to them. And it seems like, like, GodRx is like, okay, boom, sniper, brand. Like, when people think GodRx, it's the first thing they're going to think. They're going to think that AX50, you know what I mean? They're not going to think anything else. When people think ASIM, they think fluid motions. And they want to know how he does it, how he practices. People are curious. When you have that curiosity peaked, to me, it's like if you're not streaming, you could, it's a good source of income sometimes. And on top of that, like it's a good way to get your brand out there. So you're saying streaming, but these other guys do not stream. So it's like that, that doesn't make sense being someone who, who wants to like, you know, come up and coming. It's like, well, those guys don't stream. Why do I have to? Yeah, it's just kind of like I feel like it's like a 
kind of like a personality trait in a sense. Like as you were talking about earlier, I, I, I streamed on Justin TV as well way back yeah. when, um, you know, and we didn't, I, I streamed all day for nothing. You know, I didn't make yeah. any money on that side. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, you know, I just enjoyed streaming. I feel like that's definitely carried over into, you know, later in my life and I still enjoy it. You know, it's pretty much like a hobby for me. Yeah. I mean, dude, it took me four years of streaming. I, I streamed since senior year of high school. And then on my junior year of college, I was making beer money like literally just streaming, you know what I mean? People are supporting like the passion and like, it, it's a really cool thing. Streaming's a really cool community. It's been around for a while and it's, it is a very cool thing if you actually can get it right. It, it, but it was really hard, dude. Like me learning OBS and like all these other, like it's not an easy thing to do. You know what I mean? Unless you have mods and like, I mean, for you, what you, what's your pretty average stream? Like you do, you've been streaming quite a bit lately, but like what, how average do you stream and like how many viewers do you think you get? And does that even matter to you? Um, my viewership definitely doesn't matter. You know, it goes up, it goes down. Um, I'm probably at like a 60 to 75 average right now. And, you know, it's, yeah. you know, the viewers don't mean as much because my community is so strong. You know, I have, I have people that consistently hop in my stream every single day when I hop on and that's what matters most to me. So yeah, dude, me being one of them, that's the thing. Like community is just yeah. growing. So that's what's, that's what's really cool about it. So I just wanted to ask about that. Cause again, like, I'm glad it doesn't matter to you. Cause some people it really does. Like, I know, like, people have really commented on like Tim the Tatman and stuff like that really do care if he gets mad if he doesn't hit like 30k at this point you know what I mean so it's like I don't know stuff like that it's like if you have a strong community why does it matter you know what I mean and your brand's crazy and your your logo is something that was very interesting to me the silly logo when did that come to be is that like a long time thing it looks fresh by the way Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, this, this company named VBI, they make a lot of, uh, a lot of graphics and a lot of stream stuff for a lot of like bigger streamers. I think they make courages, uh, TP, like attach. Um, and you know, they came up, that was their draft, like their first draft. And I was like, yo, that's, that's sick. Let's go with it. Yeah. You know, I really like the colors. So I've just kind of stuck onto it. Um, I'm coming with a lot more new like branding stuff that's coming soon so that'll be added on to that Ooh, you paused i'm gonna get into that and i'm gonna start digging my guy i heard <laughs> that you so you're giving away merch and stuff too for like the 20 donations it was really sick i just missed out on that but that that was amazing like what kind of stuff do you have coming silly let's talk about it uh so in terms of merch um i just dropped uh like a pride collection of merch all rain just all rainbow silly logo stuff um i've that's got a sick. bunch of bunch of silly mouse pads i'm giving out to people a bunch of uh, face masks with my logo on them you know yeah quarantine chic so that's what's up quarantine yeah. chic <laughs> so i never heard of that before that's just funny um no that's good man like so you're gonna keep the logo you're kind of just rolling out merch um for silly like for you as a brand and you as a person like other than what's next for you man like obviously you're releasing merch and stuff but like what's next in general what what do you want to see happen with the team like what do you want to see happen in your personal life um, so what I want to see happen with the team, um, honestly, our goal right now is regaining that, uh, that TA4 spot, you know, so we can, uh, yep. get back to where we're supposed to be at least. Um, and for my personal life, man, I just want my, you know, my wedding to be at full capacity. So that's all I'm trying to look <laughs> forward to at this point, but that's out of my hands. Hit that face. Too. Are you guys having it in like Nevada? Uh, yeah, it's in Vegas and it's a disaster right now with tourists. So it's <laughs> yeah, dude, not looking great. Like, the the casino kind of runs that area, right? Like casinos in general, like, and that's how I know, like, that's still a big attraction to, I mean, you live in tourist town. Let's just be real here. Yeah. No one's touring Minnesota unless you're going to the mall of America. That's pretty much it. So like, obviously in full capacity, have you guys even hit that phase three yet? Or are they thinking about it? They, I feel like they prematurely open everything. You know, the casinos are open already. They opened like a couple weeks ago. Maybe the pools are starting to open and there's a lot of people flying here because things are opening. So yeah, 
I could totally see everything getting reshut down here, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, we haven't even hit phase three in Minnesota yet. Like we, I mean, I'm literally dude, my tattoo I've been talking about, like I had that stuff scheduled for April and then they pushed it back to like now. So I'm in end of June and that was the earliest appointment they had after that. It was another three months down the line to get my hair cut. It's a month wait. So like, <laughs> I can't, that's why, like, I think Minnesota is slowly reopening, but like, I just, I'm curious about other places like that. Like I, I do see, foresee kind of a bigger influx in COVID, but I really hope you don't have to deal with that. Cause on top of everything you're already dealing with. Yeah. definitely don't want that. Um, you know, we, we don't want to get anyone else sick of the office too. So I'm trying to stay right. out of the mix of all the people as much as I can. Right. Right. So one, one big question for you, I've seen you since I've started watching call of duty in this capacity, like spending a lot of fucking time on it, dude. Like I, I spend too much time on this game now because of quarantine. I usually don't have time for crap with my music company. Cause I always flying everywhere, but now I'm getting my Katie to almost 2.0 in Warzone, And it's just a problem. It's a big problem. Damn. Um, it's a problem, dude. I, I'm not good at this game, but like what well, that last night I'll be dropping 15 kills every game. I'm like, dude, I'm spending too much time on this. Like we got to figure <laughs> it out. Um, but like, do you consider yourself the front face of the rocker? Cause I know, and before I go into that too much, like, I just said that because since I've seen this team, you have been like the the person they put up there. You've been the one talking to Lonnie. You you know what I mean? Like you're like the one in those interviews. So I'm wondering, like, did did you guys determine that, or is that just pretty random and who they throw on those interviews? Um, I think <clears throat> I think it could be pretty random. Um, if I am the face of it, you know, that's great for me. I we have a pretty low following team, so I don't think there's like a a definitive like right you know, face of the team. Um, I think we all kind of split it up a little bit. I just tend to, you know, because I've done a couple of interviews after a loss too, and I feel like I could probably handle those the most in terms of like controlling my emotion and stuff. So, so uh, that's think. probably why. So you think, my guy, the la- I remember watching the last one you had and I was like, this dude is not happy. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, no dude, right loss now. interviews are the worst, man. I, I mean, it, granted, that that one's understandable for like what the event was for and stuff. But wow, it's a little little tough sometimes. What do you think has contributed to the other losses of the last tournament? I mean, well, we've talked about it a little bit, but I'm really digging at you about it because there has to be one kind of big thing other than the internet, other than stuff like that. Like, and I'm digging at it because like we all know you're phenomenal individually players. And when you're part of, when you're like actually following your team, people are dedicated no matter what you're about to say. So just understand that. So I'm kind of curious and personally, and I know you know, because I, based off of the way you present yourself, you're a very smart man. You know what dynamic is. You know what needs to be changed. What is the biggest thing you think that need to be changed? I know you're very much like, oh, all of us. But let's be real. What's kind of definitive? The, the biggest issue with any losses we had before the internet switch or before our little downstreak here, we were one in six in game, or in game two and game five round 11. Yep. Pretty much what it comes down to. Like we, If we can't close those S&Ds, SD win championships, that's pretty much goes hand in hand. Like if we won four of those round elevens, we'd have another three or four dubs on our, you know, on our record. Well, yeah, I mean, goes. in the last like tournament, you guys were two and zero, oh, and that set that first round of search, you guys whomped on them. Like it wasn't even funny how bad it was. And then the, they kind of came back in that second search. It was basically like a flip. It was a one eighty flip. Like you were six and two, all of a sudden you were two and six. What kind of like stuff contributes to that? Is it just the momentum of like shit? Like we were two and zero, and now we're two and two. There, there definitely is a bit of a momentum shift uh, for teams. If you're up two zero and then ends up two two, you definitely lose a little bit of your momentum, you know, because yep. you're just powering forward. And then it's kind of at like a standstill, and it's just whoever plays the game five better, pretty much. Um, yeah, we we definitely need to work on that map executing because it's a very strat heavy map. Yeah. So, uh, dude. 
You guys have played it a ton, though, haven't you? Like Arklov Peak. Yeah. Yeah. So, so both, yeah, Arklov Peak and Petra are really strat, strat heavy. We've played Arklov Peak pretty much perfect. Like we execute everything great. You know, 6 2, that's a phenomenal dub. You know, you're in the yeah. first rounds. The last map, trying to execute those strats with a brand new player who hasn't done them yet and just kind of telling him what to do on the fly did not go as planned whatsoever. Yeah. And that, 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 that last map, why were there four of the same map? How does that stuff work? Because me and my roommates really talk about this a lot. Dude. When we see like stuff like that, we're like, do they vote on these maps? Like, How does it work? Yeah, so basically each team will veto something and then each team will pick something and that's kind of what it comes down to. So you could, you, you realistically could see like three of the same map in different series, you know, even though it's not the most entertaining to watch the same map over and over well, and over again, they pretty much give us the decision on that. Well, we thought with that map that was very repetitive, forgot the map name, but that you just said, but uh, uh, remind me, what was it, Petro? Yeah, Petro. You guys have played a shit ton of Petro, have you not? Yeah, we've played a lot of we've played a lot of Petro, not Petro Hardpoint so much, but Search and Destroy and Dawn we've played quite a bit. Yeah. I think Search is what that map is meant for, dude. And Hardpoint, I've played a lot of Hardpoint on Petro and like, you know, just the normal CDL mode. I, I feel like it's just super tough. The rotations are really tough on that map. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And there's just a lot of buildings and stuff too. I, I feel like it's not the greatest map in the world, but you know, none of the ones in this game really are. That is the most prone to where I blow up every time. Like if you move one second too early, you're about to blow up or like get sniped. You know what I mean? I think sniping is very one dimensional on that map, in my opinion, because like you got two spots after that, you are in mode to get wrecked by an MP5 in my opinion. Yeah. Or you're just running around with a pistol. If you don't get a quick pick. That's what dude. When I see to. God RX do what he does, dude, I'm like, dude, in my opinion, it's cool to snipe from one side, but like, I don't know. I wouldn't be doing it so much on that map. To be honest with you, I just wouldn't because like he is screwed sometimes. I've seen him be the 1v4 situation with a pistol and like there's no way. I mean, you know what I mean? Not in my yeah. opinion. If you're really a god, you could clutch that. But like, I don't know. Stuff like that. I'm just like Petro and stuff like that. When I was in that last tournament, I was just like baffled. I was like, why is it so much of the same thing? And like, I don't, it's not that it's boring. It's just more of like, I didn't, just didn't think Rocker, that was Rocker's like strong suit of a map. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely not our like absolute best. It's it's in our pool for sure, but you know, it it kind of changes how we play the map. With you know, one person makes a huge difference on the map, so not mm -hmm. being in in sync and having our first you know match together kind of makes it a little bit harder. How is uh how is Saint contributing? Because I know he's kind of a newer addition for the most part. How is that having a coach contributing to Rocker? Um, him and him and Jake are both pretty much coaches. Like Jake's role is analyst, but they both kind of keep us in check. Um, mm -hmm. they make sure we go over VOD every day. They give us homework. Um, they keep the team morale up. You know, it's obviously hard for them to do right now, but you know, I feel like they're both really good coaches and they kind of just keep us all in check is the biggest thing. Cause you know, having five yeah. dudes together all the time isn't going to be a recipe for disaster. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like you guys have, obviously it's part of a team culture to like nip at each other sometimes too. Um, and I mean, that's, that's good to have a coach for that reason. I've always just kind of curious because when I was playing league for a long time, um, I knew a lot of professional league players. I was like my big thing too. like uh, high from cloud nine was like a guy who taught me how to play the game pretty, pretty closely. And when they got coaches, he kind of just told me they were there to like completely just strategize for team compositions and stuff like that. But I mean, in this game for call of duty, I feel like there's not much to, it's pretty much one M4 and X amount of MP5s. You know what I mean? I wanted to yeah. I talk about the weapons a little bit too is, you're a flex player, correct? So can you kind of explain to the people what that means? So I'm a flex player. I'm pretty much the middle ground on the team. Um, whatever we need for a certain map, an AR map, we'll pull out an AR. A sub map, we'll pull out a sub. I kind of just use whatever isn't being used. 
or you know if you're really feeling it you'll pull out a growl yeah or the or the growl you know if i'm feeling my war zone class i'll pull it out on good old azir cave (laughs) what was that bro i saw you pull it out and i was like what the is this man doing if you if you use it on that p5 hill it shoots so straight that it's almost impossible to get shot out of the window that was purposeful oh yeah oh yeah that's that's the play that's why we locked oh, down that hill. I was like, okay, so like literally, dude, when someone was like, my man's pulled out the, the what is it, the growl class? I was like, dude, what is he? Is that an accident? No, that was legit. Okay. So I saw you've been pulling out that growl in almost every stream. Like everything yeah. you do is that growl. Yeah, trying to trying to get a little more accustomed to it. It's not too great for running gun, but if you're posted up somewhere, it's impossible to get outshot with it. What do you, uh, how do you feel about Warzone? I know it's not really your fan, your forte. It seems like you kind of just do it just because it's the trend right now. <laughs> um, I, I do like Warzone. I wish they would actually address things they need to fix instead of just adding random things like jailbreak into the game with right. just, like clear issues. I wish the growl would get nerfed a little bit in Warzone. Like, you know, really? every every noob in the game like can just shoot completely <laughs> straight across the map and just get free kills. So I, I feel like the, it kind of decreases the skill gap a little bit. I honestly hate the growl. I'm gonna be dead serious with you. In Warzone, when I drop these 15 bangers, like I'm pretty concerned. It's it's an it's an M4. I don't do anything else. And M13's a laser beam in that game, like straight laser. But again, what do you think like the most ideal Warzone setup is? I want to talk about that a little bit. The the most ideal one that we've had, like even though it's been patched, was the growl magnum combo. It literally turned you magnum. into the terminator. Yeah, the dual magnums were unstoppable oh, God, before they got nerfed. Combo. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, oh, dude, it's, it's like again a Kimbo in the face, bro. That's how you, they're still they're scrubs. People who use that as scrubs. I'm really big into the XDR. That is like a phenomenal weapon to be using on uh on Warzone in general. I think the AX50 is one of the toughest to use on that map. And I was I want to talk to you about that because I know a lot of people will be sniping. And like me and my roommates had this conversation of like, what do you think? What was the best sniper in Warzone? Because obviously in CDL XDR is not really a thing except for your simp. I don't know why simp be using an XDR, but um, honestly. If you, um, I, I, I don't know. In Warzone, I'd have to say the HDR. I like the scope a little bit better and kind of just how it shoots. I feel like it does a little bit more damage if you just hit a chest shot as well. Right. So that's usually my go-to for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I figured. It's kind of what it seems like. All right, so we talked about what's next for Silly. And I'm going to let you go, my guy, because again, usually my podcast is like 30 minutes to an hour. I know you're a busy man. So again, we talked about a lot of things. I wanted to cover that deep stuff with the team. So again, I really hope to see a change in that. Um, my biggest thing is what, other than your that and stuff like, other than, you know, fixing Team Cop and stuff like that, what are you really looking forward to in the next tournament? Um, just looking forward to making some progress with Exceed and, you know, really actually getting him on base and having time to get him on base with all yeah. of our strats and stuff and see what we can actually do on an even playing field. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. Last thing I want to talk about before we actually head out. Substitutions seem to be the thing. Yes. People have been kind of rumoring, like saying, Rocker needs a sub. Like, not just Exceed to Alex, like a full-on, like we need to flip someone out like Pristini's Huntsman. You know what I mean? Like what do you think that's needed? Um, I, I never think any kind of roster change like that is needed. You know, we're not in the danger zone. We're not in 11th or 12th place. You know, we, we had a rough month and a half, which I feel like happens to every team. Yeah. Um, you know, eight, eight of the teams in the CDL got absolutely smoked for the first three, four months. And, you know, nobody really said too much about it. But yeah. since we were so good in the beginning, and now we're going downhill a little bit, people are calling for a change. You know, me and, me and Adam lost eight matches straight before we won champs in World War II. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I'm a firm believer. And if, if you try hard enough, practice hard enough, it's never needed. 
yeah i just i just don't know why that was been the thing for i think like mutineers gorillas huntsmen like almost everybody has had some kind of major roster change and everyone's like do rocker need it and i was like that's kind of bogus i mean like no i don't think so i mean i think it's just kind of a bogus thing and i want to ask the question because i personally thought it was bogus because it's kind of just like just because it works for everybody else and maybe it doesn't it, you don't even know until the long term you know what yeah. i mean this is like a micro that's a micro level of thinking like, and again, on a macro level, like, yeah, like you said, if you practice hard enough, uh, you know, maybe that'll be a good thing, but I don't know. It's just, it, when I, when I heard that, I was like, I don't think rocker needs one. I'm glad y'all don't think that, but it's going to be interesting to see how that next tournament comes along. That's not for a month yeah. though, right? Yeah. I think actually, you know what? I think we play, I, uh, it's actually, yeah, it's like 20 days, like three weeks. So yeah, we got plenty of time, bro. Yeah. Plenty of time to prepare. And you know, like. Even even Huntsman, you know, they made a change of one event. You know, they placed pretty much as bad as we did last event. So, I mean, yeah. you know, a quick event fix and I just, get back to it. I think it's anyone's game right now. Uh, and again, I'm no pro analyst, but looking at it from a 10,000-foot view, FaZe did not look good. Huntsman didn't look good. Even Empire didn't look that good. I mean, Minnesota didn't look great. It, it, the funny enough part was like Florida out of nowhere really gained a lot of CDL points recently is right on your tail. You know what I mean? It flipped the spot. I mean, like, how does that feel too? Like, I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, Florida came in hot. Let's just be real. Give them where the props were due. They just came in. Uh, how does that affect you personally? Like, again, I know you're really big on just working hard about it, but did that kind of demoralize you in any way? Um, not at all. Um, there's, there's a very large amount of teams I feel like, um, are going to take a big hit if it carries over to land. Um, no, no shots at Florida, but their their new superstar they picked up has never placed outside of top 32 at a land tournament before. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, cool, like, you, you come and win one of these online events, but I, I like, even if we won the last three events, I wouldn't even count these as real events, man, because this is, like, the same basis of events we're playing on in 2009 with all these connection <laughs> issues and stuff, so. <laughs> you yeah, know, no, I feel you. Yeah. Thank you for being real with me for a second. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's one thing that I'm really big on is transparency, my guy. And because there's a lot of BS that goes into my industry too. I mean, yeah, I just, I'm glad you're real with me for that. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. So again, thank you, man, for being on here. I'll let you go. I'll definitely be seeing you in your stream. And again, I, I wish you the best, man. Y'all y'all are phenomenal people, phenomenal team. So again, thank you for taking the time to be on a little podcast like mine. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No worries, brother. Have a good one. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Kev's Perspective this week. I greatly appreciate every listener I can get. Please go follow me on YouTube, K-E-V-S Perspective, or get at me on Instagram, K-E-V-L-O-E Official. If you want to go to YouTube to see the visual, if you want to get at me for Instagram to see, again, any kind of guests, any kind of topics you want revolving around the music industry, please get at me for those questions. Again, thank you for tuning in. Have a great day. It's crazy.